Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. I want winners. I want people that want to win. What's up, everybody? We Want Winners is back a little late tonight. Now, I'll explain why in a second, but Rod, I'm in a pretty good mood. Midnight Marauders, the Tribe Called Quest album, turned 30, and a bunch of Tribe merch went up on the on the Tribe Called Quest website. So I'm sporting my uh, tribe hat here. So I'm pretty excited about that. But uh, I was busy all day long. I was moving my kid out. He's uh, in North Beach in San Francisco now with his significant other. And uh, I was moving all day. I watched the first half of this game on my phone on the smallest of small screens. And they did their thing. I got to watch the the second half uh, at, at my house. And here's here's my uh, you and I haven't talked about any of this yet, but here's kind of what I thought about this game. There were moments in our fandom growing up watching 49er games, watching them and going like, yeah, that was about a B to a B minus performance. And they still won by like 20 points. And I kind of felt that way about this game. Like they they were they played a really good game offensively and defensively i thought they they played well in spots but i thought eh, they played a b game against an average football team and they only won by 13 but i never i I don't think that game was ever in doubt so i think that's a really good sign when you can play a game that is kind of like your you know they they put their their hard hats on they went out there and, and they played a game that that they probably not to say they were looking uh, looking forward to Thanksgiving, but that's got to be in in their brain and in the back of their mind. It's like, we got to play another game in, in four days and they took care of business. And and that's kind of what they did. And that, that was my main takeaway of this game. What about you? Yeah, it was, it was kind of a weird game to me in that kind of like you said, it was, they were never really, I never, at, at no point did I ever feel like, you know, this game, is in trouble, but I mean, Baker looked good. They, Baker, I mean, they, Baker, they, Baker's kind of good. They were able to move the ball. Um, it was, you know, it was, but you know, when it came down to it, they were never really able to to really do anything with it. You know, when it when it counted, but it was just like you said, it was really workmanlike and. um yeah, it was it was 
it was just a solid win. It was yeah. nothing, nothing really spectacular. But I mean, they don't all have to be spectacular, mm-hmm. you know. It was, but it was, you know. Like I said, I never really felt like, oh, this game, we're in trouble. Nah, it was, you know, we had it the whole way. I felt, um, but yeah, it was a good win. And like you say, I was, you know, I was kind of, I was really lightweight, uh, impressed with the um, the Bucks. I mean, they're they're. I thought they were just going to be a horrible team. Yeah, this year, but um, they that just keep. wasn't the case. Yeah, it's funny you you brought up Baker because I watched Baker and I was like, you know, sometimes sometimes you watch these quarterbacks and you see a lot of these quarterbacks that could just get recycled over and over and over and over, and you look at certain situations like and I look at Baker and I'm like how come a a team that is is fairly decent but is missing that that QB1 why don't they take a chance with him because I I watched him and he wasn't you know that I think they had a a game plan for him to get the ball out early so that the 49ers pass rush didn't really uh you know have a big part uh, of why the uh, why why the Bucks were going to lose this game? So it's not like the Niners had these gaudy sack statistics, but it looked like it was like the game plan was get the ball out fast, and so but that was kind of Baker's thing. And if he didn't hit that first or second read, then he was just going to run. And then you saw later in the game when they needed big plays, and he had to sort of take that you know that full five step drop. You know, then Chase Young comes around the corner, and Baker's just like, okay, I give up. Like this is not fair. But I, I watch him and I go, there's a lot of bad quarterbacks in this league. Why isn't he playing on one of these better teams? Because the Buccaneers post Brady are, uh, they, they have some good players, but overall they're an average football team. And I look at Baker and I'm like, man, this guy's kind of fun. Like I not, you know, we always look at this as like, he'd be fun to watch on the 49ers. Not that, I would rather have him than Brock Purdy because Brock Purdy was just a machine today. You look at Baker and you're like, oh, Baker's kind of got some stuff. I could see why these teams uh, are interested to, and and I also understand that he's still like a giant fan favorite in Cleveland. And I wonder if they would kind of like to have him back right now with with the way, because they have such a great defense. And they yeah. have a terrible quarterback situation, but not, not to make this the, the the Baker Mayfield podcast, but I did like him today. I, I him. was really impressed with him um, today, which I wasn't, if you had asked me, what, like I say, coming into this season, I just thought that they were going to be, you know, in, in one of those teams in the mix for the top pick, but they're a fun little team. <laughs> I heard, uh, I think it was on the Bill Simmons podcast. I don't remember who it was, but he's had a couple of guys on. Uh, one of them was specifically uh, a Browns, a diehard Browns fan. And he was just like, we love Baker. Like, even though Baker's not even here, like, we root for him. We lo- So there's something about him that I think fans really embrace. But there was another thing that I heard where... After last year, I think he was with Carolina last year, and he comes into Tampa Bay, and he basically is like, "Hey guys, I'm I'm your guy. Like, uh, I'm gonna prove that I'm your guy. I'm gonna come in here post Brady, and I'll be your your QB one." So he's still got that that swagger. I just would I just wish he was on a better team because 
there were things that he did today that I was like, okay, like the, the, he could act if he was on a better team. I think he he would uh, he he would do some stuff. But all right, we'll we'll leave the the Baker Mayfield love kind of behind us. But it's so it's so funny that you and I had the same thought on him. Uh, so my second thought after the 49ers workman like victory here where they just kind of took care of business. It was like, ah, oh, you know, we, we just got to take care of business. We have some big games coming up. We got Seattle and, and then we got the Eagles. Then we got Seattle again. And then we got the Ravens. Like this is a stretch. This is a stretch and a half for them. And so they just took care of business and that was what they did. But my second thing was you and I had a conversation in the discord and I posted a stat from David Lombardi. David Lombardi is David Lombardi is a very smart guy. He also loves the 49er quarterbacks. He was the biggest Jimmy G fan of any of the writers. He would constantly post positive things about Jimmy G. And I think, you know, it's not, you know, not that his stats were lying. You can make stats look certain ways that you want them to be, but he is also, uh, he also likes posting stats about Brock Purdy. And I shared this in the discord and you had some feedback on it, which was Brock Purdy's first 17 starts as a 49er and kind of how, you know, in today's NFL, very impressive. And you look at them and you go, Oh, you know, what did Joe do? What did Steve do? That's like, okay, this is a different NFL. Joe and Steve didn't just get to line up and shotgun the whole game. But uh, then after I posted those stats, then he goes out and goes 21 of 25 and has a perfect quarterback rating. And so the Joe comparisons are back because Joe did this one time against the Atlanta Falcons when the 49ers scored like every time they touched the football. Uh, I remember this game. I think it was in either 89 or 90. And so now, you know, Brock, you know, 49er fans are, are chirping again about Brock and, you know, the Steven Ruiz quarterback rankings and all that stuff. But that dude had a very impressive football game today. He did. Full stop. But <laughs> <laughs> again, I I I am I'm I'm just, you know, it's never gonna be oh Brock, whoever, you're never gonna get me on board with any kind of Joe Montana <laughs> comparison. It's just it's just gotta I mean you got to have three or four Super Bowls <laughs> yeah. before I'm going to be on board with you comparing him to Joe Montana. That's you, know who, you know who also will not be on board with that comparison? Who Joe, that? Montana. Joe Montana. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, again, it, that is not in any way, shape, or form to take away from the way he is performing. I'm the first to admit Brock is balling. Yeah. At the same time, what I get kind of fed up with is the fans and their kind of reaction to his balling. So I don't have a problem with Brock at all. But it was kind of the same way with me with Jimmy is that, you know, it's like, you know, the hyperbole and the, you know, it's just like, it's like really over the top. Now, again, I think Brock is playing. Jimmy never played at the level no. that Brock is playing at. So, you know, that's fair. And, I, you know, fans get excited, and that's fine. Just don't compare to Joe Montana, please. Thank you. Um, so as long as you don't do that, we're good. Because, you know, like you said, 
you know, this the meme is running around about Joe and those being the only two with the perfect quarterback rating. And then, you know, me being the guy that I am, do you know who else <laughs> had perfect quarterback ratings? Um, Chad Pennington, Foles, <laughs> and Alex Smith. So, I mean, I mean, that's, you know, Ooh, Alex Smith. That's a, so that's I'm sure, you know, you know, I, I get that you don't want to compare those guys to Brock to those guys, but you know, the Tom Brady and Joe Montana stuff. I mean, give it a rest, please don't. Our guy, our guy Rick, uh, said too bad Mayfield didn't end up with the Jets. Yeah, uh, the Jets would be much better with anybody. Would have been better off with the Jets than um, than what they've got. Zach, I- did did uh, Saleh finally bench Zach Wilson? Nope. No. Nope. Still playing. Well, and I mean, the thing of it is, is it it's kind of like he he's got a meat shield in that the backup is like Trevor Simeon. So I mean, I <laughs> okay, we're gonna now we're gonna put in so the okay, we're not gonna bench him, but why is Trevor Simeon the backup? Is you know that's the question. Why is it even it ain't it's not even White Mike anymore? Why would that would have been <laughs> White that, Mike. that would have been better than this is just ridiculous. Why why weren't they in on Josh Dobbs? You know, it's just this has just been ridiculous. And this whole thing, like it, you know, especially if, if we really think that A Rod is like stem selling himself <laughs> to death and is gonna be ready in mid December. I mean, they won't be playing for anything at this point, at this rate, because this dude is just bad. It's, yeah. it's not even, it, you know, I was I watched a bit of that game um, recorded after our game, and it's just, you know, I kind of feel sorry for that dude. He, is just, he just seems completely overmatched. I, now... Our, our younger listeners will be like, what the hell are you talking about? But what if Rodgers in a boot comes out with the first team offense, takes a snap, hands it off to, to Brees Hall, and he tries to, to pull the Willis Reed. <laughs> and he gets, gets the entire stadium fired up. And then Zach Wilson comes in and replaces him. Like so Rogers got to do Rogers has got to do something like he can't like he he's too he's too hungry for the public eye for him to just be sitting back and like he's got to call into Pat. You know, he's got to be on Pat's show and just talking about how, you know, just I just want to see Rogers more because Zach Wilson is not it. And it's unfortunate because he's such still such a young dude. And you kind of wonder sometimes. And I think we thought the same thing about Alex Smith when when he was early with the Niners, like. You know, some of these young quarterbacks, like you look at Peyton Manning, like Peyton Manning was on a terrible Colts team, but but he also had, you know, he also eventually had Marshall Falk and Marvin Harrison, so they were able to build something. But Alex Smith, you know, he had Brandon Lloyd and, and you know, a bunch of other, like, just okay players. And you kind of wonder, like, okay, well, what if Zach Wilson had, you know, a little bit of a of a better team or like a more veteran savvy team, but he just you know he's just not the guy right now, and he's got this old dude, this legend MVP breathing down his neck. Like I don't know that that it doesn't sound like a, a great 
emotional mental space for Zach Wilson being in New York right now. I can't imagine like what that kid is going through. And it's with the weird thing though, is that it's just, you know, Bill Simmons was talking about just as the state of quarterback play in 2023, you know, guys like, you know, Wilson and even Trey Lance and they're like, Talented dudes are like 23 years old. And when you look at the landscape of just quarterbacks in, you know, around the league and quarterback situations, you know, he said not so much, let me, not so much um, a guy like Wilson, but guys like Lance and Fields, you know, to think that at 22, 23 years old, these dudes are finished. It's just it's it's a ridiculous notion. There are like sixteen or seventeen teams that are in need of quarterbacks. You think these do, you know, and guys like Carson Wentz are back. So I mean it's the the notion that um you know somebody like Joe Flacco that those dudes are are like done at twenty two or twenty three years old, it's just ridiculous. We'll be talking about Zach Wilson for the next ten years. I have an idea, which is uh, kind of similar to what Kittle does with, with his uh, tight ends day or tight ends camp or whatever mm-hmm. he does. You know, you have guys like CJ Stroud coming to the league and he gets that opportunity and he's able to, uh, you know, for whatever reason, he is able to excel. And you look at someone like Bryce Young, who's the pick right ahead of him. He's struggling. Trey Lance, he's struggling. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields, given the ball, he's had his ups and downs. I would love to see, and maybe this is where Colin Kaepernick gets involved, a quarterback camp for African-American quarterbacks. Like, if you look at the landscape, uh, the, there's more African-American quarterbacks in the NFL who are either in starting positions or who are, uh, you know, backups in it because they're, they're younger players than ever before. Like this is like an amazing opportunity. Uh, I think to, to just raise the awareness of that fact, like, because, you know, there's still that, I, I don't know how prevalent it is, but the stereotype about, you know, pocket passers versus, you know, guys always throwing on the run. All this, you know, all the stuff that we grew up with, the, the, the league is changing. I, I want to see more awareness of what's going on in the league right now. Uh, and, you know, it, not to say that, you know, someone like, an, uh, who who's the, uh, you know, not, not, not Peyton Manning, but just, you know, that sort of like, the guy coming in and changing all the plays at the line of scrimmage and all this X, Y, and Z, like the, the athleticism that is out there in that position is, has never been stronger. And I would just like to see way more awareness about it. Cause you're right. Like yeah, Trey Lance, uh, you put Trey Lance in an opportunity that some of these other guys have, and maybe he, maybe he takes advantage of it, but uh, you know, he's playing behind Dak right now. So he's not going to get a ton of chances. Uh, I just want to see more awareness about it because I don't think the league makes as big of a deal of it as they should. And you got guys like Kaepernick who are like pioneers in a sense, like, you know, just the way that he played 
and man, like the, there's so many good quarterbacks out there right now who who can do so many things that aren't getting a lot of uh, a lot of the love and affection of the league that I think they should. Like CJ Stroud should be the biggest story in the NFL right now. It's true. It's true. And I think I think that even it's it's an overarching thing in that it's the skill set of what it takes to be a good NFL quarterback now has changed. And I think that that benefits, it just happens to benefit um, African-American quarterbacks. But you see guys like Trevor, Trevor Lance, Trevor Lawrence, or Trevor Lance, Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> um, Josh Allen, guys who, you know, are white guys. that are just really big, strong, and athletic. Yeah. I think, you know, having just the 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 makeup of what it takes to play that position has opened it up for just more athletic players. It was funny. I was I was joking with somebody you were talking about because Richard Sherman, you know, was talking last week about you know um, Trevor Lawrence not being a um, generational talent. Well, um, yeah, it, it really it, the the game today showed. Yeah, he yeah. Trevor Lawrence, no, he's not special at all. That's crazy. That dude is, he is sick. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, he he has got – and we talked about this last week. The thing that impressed me is his, his ability to make throws that he doesn't even have to really wind up and make. Like, the ball just comes out. I, I, actually, I think you're on mute, actually. The, 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 the way that that football comes out is, is like a laser. And, yeah, you know, he's going to have to get better, and that team's going to have to get better. But if he becomes, um, if he becomes uh, a, you know, if Jacksonville becomes a better team, and you see them in the playoffs over and over and over, he's going to have more opportunities to make those big throws, make those big plays, be on the highlights, and and continue to grow as a player. 
but it's so much talent. It, uh, Trevor Lawrence is, is a ton of talent, and you can you can see it in the arm. And look, he's had a chance to, you know, pretty much be QB one since he stepped in the league, and those reps are those reps are plentiful and helpful for his growth uh, as a quarterback for sure. Yeah, those guys are just so young, and I think we, um, this is thing we do where we expect them to come in and do like you know Trevor Lawrence being, and as we see in that twenty one draft class, he is the exception to the rule. All the rest of those dudes have struggled, and I, you know, you don't. That's not how you want to get there. But I think that I, I am of a belief that. It was somebody definitely like um, Trey, you know, I think he was miscast as a dude that was going to come in here and be plug and play with the amount of experience he has, especially when you look at the difference between somebody like him and Brock and the amount of reps they got in college or even those other guys, you know, Lawrence or Fields and Jones, they all played way more than Trey did, you know, at much higher, you know, Clemson and Mac has ruined it. Mac Mac has ruined it for everybody. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's, you know, and and again, that's another guy who coming in, you know, the, all the talk was about, and I, I really kind of like, you know, um, fostered like a really kind of big dishate, a dislike for the guy, not his dislike, but, um, He's one now. Now I'm feeling kind of sorry for him. I, I mean, I, it, it just looks like he's broken. <laughs> we we said we said this at the beginning of the season, or at least I said this. I said I just root for that guy to fail, and I'm not even sure why. And like you said, I really feel bad now. Like you know, he's gonna have he'll have an opportunity to. It's probably not going to be in New England, uh, and we'll see what happens with that team. We'll see what happens with Belichick, but I think he'll get another chance. And hopefully, you know, he can he can uh, build from it, but it does. It's not looking good. And, you know, it's funny because we're talking about all these young quarterbacks. And yet the guy who is QB one for the 49ers is younger than most of those guys. And. You know, you talk about the reps. Brock ran today's offense like he was a vet, like just his ability to move from guy to guy to guy. And and here's the thing that I am most impressed. And, and we're, let's just talk about these last two games, because the one thing that I was always frustrated with Jimmy was his inability to hit the home run ball when it was there. Whatever reason, a little bit of an overthrow here. He's rushed here on, and he's just missing it. You just see Jimmy. And he's just like, he does that thing where you're like, you just miss it and you know you missed it. And like, that was like often, you know, for him. Once a game, you see Jimmy just missed the home run ball. Brock's had two home run balls in the last two games. That first one to Kittle last week. And this one to Ayuk. Those guys have tremendous chemistry right now. Ayuk is balling. Five catches, 156 yards today. 30 yards a catch like this guy, you know, we talked about this at the beginning of the season. He's kind of playing himself into uh, a big time worry for the 49ers for his contract is concerned. He is. 
he is a, a top five wide receiver in the league right now. I don't think there's any question about that. And, you know, the fact is he's going to – at some point – they're going to have to pay him or somebody's going to pay him like that. Now, maybe they make him just go ahead and make him play out his fifth year option next year. And so it does not become an issue. I don't think I've said it before and I maintain, I don't think it would be the craziest thing in the world. If they just decide, look, we're going to play this out next year and we're not putting any more big money contracts on the books for, you know, 25 and beyond until we see what we've got with this group and see, you know, it looks, it looks a lot different in 2025 if this group has won two Super Bowls or as opposed to if they have won none. I mean, it, as opposed, you know, in, in terms of who gets paid and who doesn't. And then 25 also is, you know, it, it's the year that they have to, they got to make a decision on Brock, mm-hmm. which we, um, we've kind of alluded to um, previously in terms of what does it look like if you're paying Brock, you know, 45 million, $50 million. Um, and what does he look like with the surrounding cast that, a $50 million quarterback has as opposed to having, you know, four all pros surrounded him. So those are questions that need to be asked. But like you say, in terms of BBA, he is going to be, he will easily surpass the contracts that um, I think that um, Debo and AJ Brown got this last, you know, go around with, you know, it wasn't this season, but the season before um, when it was that big quarter, I mean, wide receiver um, free agent class, I don't see, I don't see any way he isn't a top of the league, you know, isn't paid at the top of the league in receiver. And if the Niners balk at all, and again, I'm well aware that they have outs, they can franchise him and whatnot, Mm -hmm. but if they balk at all about paying him, I don't think there's any question that there will be teams out there who are willing to step up and, you know, pay him at the top of the market. He is, and he is one of the best receivers in the league. The fact that Debo only signed for three years, I think is kind of, uh, you add that to the fact of how well Ayuk is playing, and there's there's some interesting stuff there as far as if you've got to pick between one of the two. And as good as Ayuk is, you see the gravity that Debo has. They didn't even, you know, I think they only ran the ball with him once today. It might have been the opening play, maybe twice. Uh, but I think they they're kind of keeping him in games like this. They're kind of keeping him under lock and key, and and. <sighs> The, the the chance that uh, you know maybe maybe this week in Seattle maybe maybe the game against the Eagles I feel like he's going to be unlocked in in a very interesting way um but I think you know we went 30 we've gone 30 minutes without mentioning the the really bad news which is Hufonga look it looks like he may have a torn ACL which means if that is the case his season is over 
And that is so unfortunate because, you know, his young dude came into his own last year, very impactful on a defense that is built on, uh, on, you know, blitzing and, and hard hitting and creating turnovers. And we got to see a little bit of the Rook today. What did you think of, uh, well, first, thoughts on Hufanga, obviously bad news, but also his replacement, Jair Brown. Yeah, that is that's going to be a big loss. It was it was interesting to see, you know, Brown like literally have to come in and you know be thrown right into the fire. And, they targeted his ass immediately too. Yeah, and that first his first rep was not a good one. <laughs> it was not a good one, and even and even that it wasn't the second one, but. The the one that you're talking about specifically when um Mooney has to go out and then they bring Isaiah in and then Isaiah Oliver in and they're on the same side and then they run coverage there. And Brown ends up somehow making the play, but he was beat. And it was it was, you know, the pressure um on that Oliver, that Oliver put on Baker made him have to get rid of the ball because if he um Johnston had made note that Baker had been making those throws all day um putting it on those guys and he just missed him basically and that gave Brown the opportunity to get into position or he was made it put it I don't think we can give him credit for getting into the position. He was just kind of had his arms out <laughs> and um, it, the ball kind of hit him. Um, so, but all that being said, you know, he did make some plays. Yeah. And, um, but like you said, I think that um, today was the, was a harbinger of what's to come. If he is in fact, if Hufunka is in fact, um, lost to us for the season is that teams are going to target this dude and he is going to have to, you know, put his big boy pants on really quick because teams are going to, by formation, put him in positions where he's going to have to make plays. Um, yeah. And we saw that. We saw um, Gibson had a hell of a game in his, in Hufunga's absence. Um, he made a couple of really big plays and it's funny to me that that was the thing that it came to mind is that you know that you know there's been a lot of talk online about with people saying that brown should replace gibson well or that <laughs> that won't be we won't that won't be necessary but so we're gonna we're gonna see um what this dude's what he's made of really yeah. quick because it's gonna i just i really do believe that um teams are going to be targeting our safeties from here on out um, because, you know, they, you know, teams smell blood and we're going to have to show them that we can make plays. Um, And it'll be interesting to see, you know, if Brown gets all those safety reps or if there are, if they've got other answers, um, excuse me, that they can, you know, plug in, there to kind of fill that void because Hufunga is going to be a huge loss. And he's been a guy who has, you know, ate up a whole lot of snaps. Um, there hasn't been a whole lot of rotation there at the safety position 
um but with him and gibson they they pretty much held it down um you know previously you know you know there was a time when we had jimmy ward yep here to be able to who took some of that weight but that hasn't that wasn't the case last year and not this year either so brown is gonna have to step up or you know I don't even know what the other answers would be there. Who's the other, the other safety is uh, that they have is Odom. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, 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 that hasn't really worked out well when that has been the option. So I guess hopefully, you know, Brown is a, a you know, he profiled really well athletically coming in. So, so we'll see. Um, it'll it's gonna be you know that's a at this point in the season you know all teams you know have injuries somewhere. So it's gonna be you know but our secondary has been you know kind of a a, a weak spot. So that is even more so the case today than it was twenty four hours ago. So we'll see. Yeah, we saw, uh, I think Ambry Thomas gave up the touchdown, uh, but, you know, Mike Evans is a, is a tough, tough cover for a lot of people. Uh, I thought, uh, you know, when, when what did he, th- what did Baker throw, like 43 times or something like that? Mm-hmm. So 45 times, actually. So, you know, they were on the field a lot. Uh, going back to one of the things that you mentioned what a call by Steve Wilkes. And let's talk about Steve here. It is a fourth down. Isaiah Oliver's in the game. And I'm thinking like, okay, you know, we just got to hold strong. And he comes up to the line. And I go, and my initial thought was, oh, he's like pretending he's going to blitz. And then he's going to come back in coverage because they need, they need people to, to stop this fourth down throw. Oh no, he's blitzing and he hurries Baker just a tad to make that, to make that throw. Uh, but Oliver, we've talked about Oliver in the past, as far as his tackling, his blitzing, that was a great call by Wilkes. And uh, Tim Kawakami has a new podcast with Matt Barrows. It is called 49ers plus minus. And so I listened to it and, Matt actually talked about one thing with Wilkes that I didn't, you and I haven't talked about this yet, but he said one of the reasons why he thinks Wilkes being on the sideline is beneficial to him is because he has guys he can talk to on the 49ers defense who understand this defense better than than he probably actually does. If you can, you know, you have a Fred Warner who who who's there and who who's communicating with you on the sidelines? I thought that was an interesting point, and the the other point that they made was that you know Wilkes is uh he, he it's not like he's been you know longtime defensive coordinator for all of these other teams, and so you know there there was a thought that maybe there is a learning curve for him and that he's going to keep getting better, but being with his guys, communicating with his guys in person. Uh, and being able to see what they see kind of immediately and being able to talk to them was a, a big part of, of of the move to the sideline. I thought, which was interesting because that's not something that I thought about. Yeah, that's okay. I, I mean, 
I, you know, I've made my stance clear on the whole sideline versus the, you know, booth thing, because it, it, you know, it's, it's fine if we want to make that the reason, but then how do we explain five and O and leading the league and points allowed the first five weeks with him in the booth? Would it, would that tells me is that it doesn't matter. It that, that the defense, if they are rallying to the ball, getting off blocks and staying in coverage, it doesn't matter where he stands. But like you say, that is something, you know, that insight that Matt's I mean that obviously is a is beneficial. If that is something that's actually happening, then yeah, I mean that's that is a positive. And um, and so. you just wonder if they would rather have him there than being on a headset. That that's also because I mean because of the guys that were there previously the last several years. So it, it could be you know that thing as well. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I thought that was such a risky, uh, great call because it worked out. But I was like, uh, my first instinct was, oh no, we're about to give up a touchdown because this blitz isn't coming. And then it got there. And I was like, wow, I, I was, I was off on that one. Well, and I had the exact opposite feeling is like, Oh shit. Oliver's going to be in coverage. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, that was the, the best of both worlds. If he's going to be out there on the field, I'd much rather him be blitzing than yeah, be yeah. out there trying to cover somebody. Totally. Because, totally, um, totally. <laughs> because he is a sieve. It just I know, seems to I know. me. So, so yeah, that it, it seemed like he was perfectly deployed um, for that circumstance. And, like I say, hit that pressure. If he doesn't get even that little bit of pressure, and Baker has just a little bit more time, he had he but as Johnson had accurately pointed out, he had made throws like that all day long. Um, I'm just looking at his stat line right now. Um, it's crazy that he threw 45 times, but they only had like 240 yard, 46 yards in passing. Yeah. Yards. I mean, they weren't very efficient at all. <laughs> it's it's funny. You look at the average uh, for Baker: five point five yards per catch. Brock thirteen point three. Yeah, <laughs> kind of a crazy. different output for both yeah. offenses today. Uh, you know what? One thing also I failed to mention when we were talking about Brock's game when when Christian is the guy that people are paying attention to first and foremost. When they get Christian going and they can run that play action, George Kittle, the benefactor to that play action, he had eight for 89 and another touchdown today. George is having, you know, there's some games where you're like, where's George? And a lot of times because he's got a block. But, you know, through, uh, I guess we're at 10 games, I guess we're seven and three. Through 10, George is at 47, uh, 43 catches, 600 in uh, 48 yards and five touchdowns, 15 yards per catch. I, I think that's a pretty strong number for George. And uh, I, I, you know, he's projected, you know, if you, if you kind of just project out what he's done so far, he's projected to go over a thousand yards and catch almost a hundred balls, which is, which, which is a much bigger number, I think, than than people would even realize. I would have thought I, – I thought coming into the season, he was going to be the odd man out in terms of 
targets when you just looked at, you know, how many times we want to throw the ball and how many times I thought Christian would get targeted and how many times I thought Ayuk would get targeted in Debo. I just thought that George would be the odd man out, but that didn't, be, didn't seem to be the case. And the thing that um just sticks out to me is that he is just wide ass open. I yeah. mean, it's just, you know, and I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense that, I mean, they, you can't guard everybody. And um, Kyle just has a knack for, for scheming that dude wide open. And Johnston, again, made another good point about how um, you have to respect George as a blocker. And so many times he's able to, um, you know, fake and then release, fake block and then release. And um, you have to, you honor his blocking because i mean he's one of the best in the league at it so when he engages you know it's not like you you feel like oh this is a fake you know it could very well we he's gonna drive this dude you know 15 yards downfield blocking him um but then when he releases and then he's you know you know it's hard to get um back into position to like to to because he's not like a, it's not like he's a slow tight end. Yeah. So once he releases and he's by you, he's gone. I mean that that is just a wrap. Um. So yeah, that is a inter just another interesting wrinkle in the 49ers offense that if defenses don't adjust, you know that's something. Those are cookies that are going to be there uh, all the time. I mean. <laughs> I, I misread the stat. He's projected for 73 receptions, which would be his biggest number since 2019. Yeah. And uh, his number of, if he hits that projected yardage, that would be his biggest number since 2018. Uh, last year, he's already, he, he's pretty close to last year's numbers already, but he did have the 11 touchdowns. He's kind of a touchdown machine last year. So, but yeah, I, I do enjoy seeing him because he, you know, as much as that dude loves to block, you know he also loves to catch passes and to run out in the open field and stiff arm guys into the ground and and run over. Like he loves that stuff as well. So I, I like I like it when the, you know it looks like they're running specifically play action and getting him out in the flat and he's just able to you know, to be a beast in, in the open field. So it's fun to watch him run as goofy as, as it is. Like, you remember Brent Jones used to catch those balls and he's kind of running all arms and legs and this kind of mm-hmm. goofy, like George isn't that goofy, but uh, you know, he's, he's, it's fun it's, watching him. Yeah. Play football. It's very, exactly. Fun. Uh, all right. Uh, a couple of other things before we get out of here. The, if we go back to the defense a little bit, the Niners, the way they play defense, to me, it looks like everything in front of them, they're running downhill, they're aggressive, they're attacking. And the way that we've seen teams try to beat their aggressiveness is with counter plays. Uh, we see screens a lot, and Tampa was very they they were able to use the screen game early in the game not not as much later in the game early in the game they were picking up yards uh you see you saw reverse you saw uh baker kind of run to a specific place and then toss the ball 
into you know somewhere where the Niners were were not looking. It's sort of a delayed kind of screen again. And I wonder, you know, because the Niners are so great at just attacking, attacking, attacking. I in the back of my mind, I'm thinking like, what is Philadelphia going to do? Like, what what do they have up their sleeve to kind of, uh, n- you know, break some of the aggressiveness that the Niners have defensively to, you know, get them in in positions where, you know, they don't they don't you know. There's not enough tacklers where they want them to be, or whatever, because that's what that's the pretty much the only way Tampa was able to pick up bigger chunks of yards. Now they were able to, you know, they have good they 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 have uh, Mike Evans and he was able to make some plays, and and Godwin was able to make some plays. Those guys are good football players, so they were able to get small chunks. But the bigger yardage was in like the screen game, in the reverse game, in these plays where the idea is to kind of use the other team's aggressiveness against them. And I worry about teams like Philadelphia, teams like the Ravens. I Do you think that the 49ers are going to be able to combat some of these smarter and more talented teams when they, when they attack them in that way? Well, these teams coming up for as long as that Cincinnati – game is on teams reels we're gonna have and, and, and until we are we've shown that we can stop it we're gonna see screens i mean that's yep. just gonna be it because you know they were so effective um running them and again i i just i don't know um i don't again i don't know if it was what the factors were but they just you know as kyle said said it best they just looked slow they weren't getting off blocks they weren't rallying to the ball and that has not been the case coming out of the bye so that just that alone kind of mitigates you know the things that teams like Cincinnati were able to do it, it but like you say they were sort of effective today but again back to the Baker love there were several of those throws to Evans and um Godwin where Baker just beat us because the throw was out of his hand before the receiver even turned around. And once, you know, the ball was there, once they, and the defender just didn't have a shot. It was just, like I say, Baker beat us. And, you know, if you, if quarterbacks are able to do that, those are situations where, you know, you just, if, if the quarterback is striping it like that, it's going to be a long day yeah. that it reminds me of um, earlier, early in the season against Stafford. He was on one of those kind of heaters where he was just throwing the ball and putting it in spots where the defender just, you know, it was it the, like I said, Stafford beat us. It, it, the throw what he threw it in such a way with the timing that it was, it was almost impossible to defend. Um, and, but honestly, we don't really have that many guys left on the schedule who really are those kind of passers. Um, but I, I mean, they're all pros, so they can get into those kind of, you know, zones, I guess. But, you know, I, I don't know. I've watched Philly a lot this year. <laughs> And they just, it's going to be interesting to see what they do tomorrow night because Mm -hmm. 
it just, I don't know. It just seems like something is off with them. They don't, you know, they're winning, but it just, you know, I, I don't think that they have hit their stride. They're not playing nearly as well. No. As um they did last season. It just seems like they're doing, and I'm not saying that they're like lackadaisical or something or not trying, but it just like, it's like they're, they do just enough to win. Um, so I just, you know, unless they really start playing much better, I think we match up well with them. They're a super talented team. And could they come out and just blow our doors off? Absolutely. I mean, they have that kind of talent, but I think we do too. We could easily do the same thing thing to them. I, I just, I think we're really, really evenly matched. I think the Hafunga injury hurts us. Yeah. Um, I just don't think that we were in a we're not in a position where we can be losing, you know, because let's be honest, super honest. Both our teams are really, really top heavy. We have a lot of stars. And, you know, if you start losing those top top of the line players, um, if you're any team, it's um it's not good because you don't you know, you're not really wanting to be counting on those depth pieces to be in really um, crucial positions. Um, Again, I think Lamar is the MVP so far. So I I think I'm really interested to see what we're able to do with them. Um, That Andrew's injury is huge for them. Talking about losing his favorite guy top end of the um food chain talent i it's going to be interesting to see they've got they will have a couple weeks to kind of i guess try to figure that out oh i guess is it we see them christmas day okay so they got a couple weeks so it's like i know we got birds for like the next five weeks well we we go seahawks so geno smith on thursday on thanksgiving Eagles at mm-hmm. Philadelphia on December 3rd. So we got Jalen and then we go Seahawks, Seahawks again. So we get them out of the way to two games. And I know they're struggling. I know that their point differential is a minus two, even though they're six and four, <sighs> but I, I'm never, I'm, I'm never going to underestimate those guys. They, they, play they are ball. such a, a Jekyll and Hyde team because I've watched them a lot too this year. When they're playing well, they play really well, but then they just throw a stinker in there. All yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't really, I don't watch. I've watched a lot of their just plays. You know how you can watch the the thirty minute just condensed version of a yeah. game. Yeah. But I don't know enough about their team to have a pulse on you know, the ins and outs of, of what it is about them. Um, so we get them. And then Kyler's balling. Kyler. He Kyler. We always have trouble with Kyler. He is, he looked good today. Um, again, that, that's another situation where I thought they would keep him on mothballs and just, you know, I thought that I thought they were going to move on from Kyler. Um, but I don't, that doesn't seem to be the case. And they are, they are a sneaky good team. They, I mean, I'm not good team. I'm not okay. Pause. 
They, they aren't a good team. They are they are frisky. Yeah, they they yeah. I thought again, they are another team kind of like they, the Bucks that I thought were gonna be, you know, Caleb Williams hunting and would be we're just gonna be out there um trying to tank. But they they are a competitive football team. Well, we'll see. We'll see. With Kyler behind center, they're probably going to win a couple games that they wouldn't have won otherwise, but they are still only two and nine. So yeah. they're, 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 but I mean, you know. okay. So, so they're not, I'm not, I, like I said, pause. They're not a good team, but they aren't, you know, ask the Cowboys. They aren't a pushover. They, they, they come to play. Um, so even when you beat them, it's not like they are, they've they've rolled over and, and quit. So it, which is, I I commend them. Jonathan Gannon came came over there, and he is you know they've got some good players, and Kyler is back. So I just hope we don't look past them to that next game, which I think is going to be the Ravens after them, right? Yeah, the Ravens on Christmas, which is uh, Monday Night Football. So the Niners play the Ravens Monday night. And, uh, you know, the Ravens are, they're fantastic. I I always sort of expect them to be in the mix just because when you have Lamar Jackson and you're, you know, Harbaugh, they just have a certain style to them. Now, they they aren't always uh, as good as, as maybe I think that they're going to be, but this year, you know, there's no runaway team in the AFC, and they, they may be the best one. So you have Lamar. And then, how did the Commanders lose to the Giants today? What is going on? I Tommy think the Giants were the worst. Vito. Oh, my God. That <laughs> I think is the Giants crazy. were the worst team in the league, and that is not the case. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The Commandos. God so, bless them. Yeah, so the Giants are three and eight. Washington is is four and seven. So, but yeah, how do you lose? God, that that I, I watched that dude play quarterback, and I was like, can this? I think I can throw, yeah, a, a further pass than this guy could. Yeah. Like, what is going on? How's this guy quarterback in the league? And then uh, we play the Rams in the last game of the season, uh, and it's, it's, I, who knows who's going to be playing for the Rams in that game like the rams just may be at a point where that you know they shut it down i cooper cup seemingly gets hurt you know gets I, I wouldn't say hurt but gets dinged up every game you know you have to bring back the ghost of carson wentz to to play football for you that's not great uh he's uh, i guess i guess um did uh is stafford done what is the deal with stafford he played today, um, and he looked actually looked good um, in the little bit that I saw. Because I, I we they cut to that. Well, that was the game that was on when our game was over. Um, and boy, him and that Puka dude, they um, <laughs> they have got uh, the con- the connection of connections. He was just throwing. It was like he was just throwing it up, and. Uh, <laughs> That dude was catching it. That dude does not. He he doesn't. He catches everything. Yeah. So that's gonna be interesting. It's like where do they find these guys? It's like Cooper Cup. You know, little Cooper Cup turns into one of the best receivers in the league, and now they've got this Puka guy who looks like he's gonna take. You know, when when um 
Cup is ready to give up the mantle, he's gonna take his spot. I mean, it's 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 amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. And so Puka's yeah, Puka sixty nine for almost nine hundred yards this year so far. Crazy. And so you know, again, we we don't have to um, rehash the fact that anytime it's Kyle and Sean, that's gonna it's always gonna be a um, you know, it's going to be a grudge match. So even I don't care what their record is um, when they come or when we play them, it's going to be, um, you know, so if we, that's the, you say that's the last game of the season. Yeah. It's the last game. So, season. But there, there, there's no, uh, I guess there's, you know, how they do it in the, in the last, the last game of the season where they, they don't even have times for these games yet. Yeah. yeah but I'm, I mean, I'm bummed. I'm bummed with cup because, you know, he was a hot fantasy guy, and then he yep. just hurt all season long. Well, I would what I, as I was gonna say, I just it doesn't matter what their record is. You know, they would love to end their season by beating us. Oh yeah, if, if they could. So, um, so again, it's just all of these games here on out. I just I I think that um, Trent said it best. There was a quote. They're like, if we thought that um, we had it all figured out and that we were just going to coast, then um, we got another thing coming that, you know, all these teams are going to be coming for us, for them every week. And, you know, we, we are, no, there's no team in the league that's so good that they can just kind of, you know, throw their jocks out there and just think they're going to beat somebody. Yep. So it's going to be interesting. All right, let's end with this before we get to our MVP. I want your thoughts on Chase Young and how he's been able to kind of help unlock the pass rush here a little bit. He had a sack today. Uh, I know Bosa – I don't know if Bosa actually – did Bosa get credit for one today? Yeah, Bosa was there a couple times, and there's a couple times where he also got held and, and no one said anything. Uh, Bosa had one sack, so he did have a sack. Chase Young had one as well. Armstead got credit for one. Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw both got credit for half. So Fortnite did, did get four sacks. Uh, but it, but early on, you know, I, I do think that the Tampa Bay's game plan was to get that ball out early, so you didn't mm-hmm. really. And have you, to you worry could tell it. it was a concerted effort, yeah. to get the ball out of his hand. And Nick also got three QB hits. Uh, Chase Young got one. Chase Young also got a tackle for a loss. Uh, but w- so far, so far, so good with, with Chase. What do you think so far? I think Chase Young is making himself a whole bunch of money. I, I just, you know, I heard the talk when we got him that, you know, maybe we'd be able to sign him to a cheap deal. But with the season that he has put together with at Washington and then now here, here now with the increased profile that he's going to have, I just don't think that there's any way that um he's not going to be like, I looked it up the franchise number for defensive ends next year are projected $20 million. So I would imagine if I was his agent, that would be the number that I would be working towards. And uh, I just don't see that there's any way that he's, I, I think at this point, you know, something like 15 is going to be the floor. I, you know, And every game that he plays, you know, even if he just plays at this level, 
for the rest of the season with the numbers that he's piling up, I just don't see a way that um he doesn't, you know, make that that kind of money. And I, again, I don't know what the 49ers are trying to do in terms of, you know, contracts and length of contracts. So I don't know if they would even be in the market to be trying to re-sign him, if they would just be happy with getting the third round comp pick and, um, you know, being, be happy with, you know, getting him as a rental for basically nothing, you know, gave up a comp pick, third round comp pick, get another one in return. So basically his production was free, you know, other than his salary. Um, So I, I would love to have him because like you say, he has really, unlocked um the pass rush in a way that you know we just you know drake jackson for whatever reason and then he got hurt and it, I, I think cleveland farrell is just where he he's a second unit player and mm-hmm. you know and that's great you know that that's fine that's that's good to be you need um, that you really do um but having a frontline guy on the other side, we, you know, I don't know that we ever gave um, Ebukam and Aminahue credit as be. We kind of just saw, you know, I did. I'm not going to speak to anybody else. I kind of just saw them as rotational guys. But when after they were gone, when you looked at the numbers, when you put them up together, if you combine their numbers, it was, you know, they were. an above average defensive end. Um, And we were missing that earlier this season. We didn't have anybody opposite Nick that was, you know, impactful at all. So having him there has unlocked Bosa. It's kind of unlocked Hargrave. He wasn't as impactful today as he was last week. Um, But um, yeah, so his presence has really helped and i hope that i I think that the lesson is that you know that has to be a priority you have to have an impactful player on the other side of nick regardless of if it's young if it's you know i we went down we you know we've been down the road of trying to draft somebody I haven't necessarily given up on on Dreezy, but you know they're going to draft another one. It's two years in a row now um, that he hasn't been able to. I mean, and I don't know that he's done for the year, but um, yeah, he, you know, was DMP coach's decision for you know basically um, the last quarter of the season last year, and here we are again. They, um, they, they coming put down, on, they put him on IR uh, with an injury that probably didn't need for him to be out for so long, but uh, hopefully right. he's utilizing that time frame and, yeah. you know, doing what he needs to do. But uh, so I will say this, which, you know, to, to talk about what you were talking about when it comes to contract, let's get this dude paid. If it's not with us, let's get him paid. Hell, you know, if he, if he catches fire here and his numbers are great and it, it helps the Niners get to the playoffs and play well in the playoffs. It's nothing wrong with helping this dude get a mm-hmm. get a contract. Absolutely, I you know I'm really hoping that 
we don't mess around. And I just hope it would be nice if we could finally get the monkey off our back and just get this championship. Let's go ahead and get it out the way. Um, and I then, was a senior in high school the last time the Niners won a Super Bowl. And then everybody can get paid. And to me, you know, I'm I'm not greedy, you know. You know, I you just give me the one, give me the six, and I'm good. And I say that sitting here now on November 19. <laughs> but if we win it, then I'm gonna be trying to go back to back. So I, I, I know that that's how it goes. But um, where, where would they actually have the parade? It had to be in San Francisco, even though they're in Santa Clara, right? Who wants to go down to Santa Clara? Where do you even? Where would you even? I guess. I guess. I guess it'd be cool if I, if the parade like ended at Great America. I guess that <laughs> that might be dope. But yeah, I mean, when I, when when the Niners played on, uh, well, I, what was it? Well, the last primetime game they had, they showed uh, Santana Row. You'd have to you uh, have to go down Santana Row to roast. get the. Get the Can team. you imagine what? What what the parade route would be if it was like in San Jose, Santa? Oh, I just you know I just say it it would have to be San Francisco, have to be San Francisco. Yeah, uh, and I, if they do it, I'll probably be there. I was at the Warriors last. Oh, one, for sure. So. Oh, sure. That was and, and you know I digress, but um, that was kind of weird having all them kind of people. I I I was kind of freaked out with um <laughs> just this is sheer number of people i had to um i ended up positioning myself you know how um right there on market street where you have uh-huh. like bart where you go down the stairs and yeah, I, yeah. I, I like position myself <laughs> in the stairs because i could you know i could be where there weren't people on all sides of me because i was like really when i like got off the train and went up on market street and every it was like that just crush of people I was like, I was like, really, really freaking out. Like, nah, I guess this, this shit could go. It, I could get like trampled <laughs> if the, if anybody, you know, everybody was real chill. But yeah. if if there had been any kind of, you know, stampede action, it would have been disastrous because it was just people everywhere. But it was really cool. I was, you know, because I was living away for all the rest of the Warrior Championship. Yeah. So it was awesome to be able to actually experience um, one of the parades. So that was cool. And I would love to, I never, when, you know, when we won the other ones, I was like, young. I, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't have, yeah, the, I, I didn't have the facility to take to, to like, not get to, you know, my parents was not trying to take me and I wasn't old enough to be trying to navigate it on my own. So yeah, that would be dope. A set a 49ers championship parade would be, Awesome. That'd be awesome. Uh, all right. Before we get out of here, player of the game, I I, I think this one is very yeah. easy. It's probably Brock, but I thought Fred, Fred had one pass interference where he just a little too strong and put his hand on the receiver and the receiver like flew all the way almost out of the picture uh, near the end zone. He got called for pass interference, but Fred making open field tackles against wide receivers. <laughs> like that dude, dude was him, awesome. Him, him and, and both him and Greenlaw. I had to give Dre some love. That dude, I I really believe, you know, so much more energy with him back on the field. He is our he's our Draymond. Yeah. He um he is our emotional fulcrum. Um I mean, I, he's clearly, you know, Nick and Fred are both clearly better players but i there's just something about dre's presence that um 
you know, I could see, the, I could see Dre putting somebody in a chokehold for sure. Oh, for sure, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Love it. But like you say, you know, you know, fifty-eight point three, one fifty-eight point three is, you know, that's yeah. gotta be, nah, that's gotta be the player of the game. I, I, a lot of credit to the to the offensive line too. The, er, mm-hmm. the first series. I was a little worried. I was like, mm, he's 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 kind of running around a little bit here. Mm-hmm. What's going on? But they buckled down, and he was back there. I think he did get sacked maybe in the fourth quarter when they were kind of trying to uh, burn some time. But uh, he had a clean pocket. He was able to pick and choose. He was, you know, he didn't have those defensive linemen with the big arms in front of his face that he can't. Some you know sometimes he can't throw the ball over them because he's not a, a giant person. I thought I thought the offensive line w- was really good today as as well, and uh, I don't know maybe it's uh, Feliz Navidad. Maybe he's mm-hmm. he's been the 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 problem solver the whole time, and we didn't even know it. Yeah. Any thoughts about not being able to just run the ball down the throat at the end of the game? That does that concern you at all? That we weren't able to just kind of close the game out. You know, and we gave the ball back to them to, you know, they weren't able to do anything with it. Yeah. But, you know, that's kind of that, those, just those little things like that. They just kind of. It, it was a little weird. Uh, CMC didn't have a fantastic game. Like he had a, mm-hmm. he had a solid game. He, he had that nice touchdown on, on the pass, but he didn't have like this super fantastic game. I actually was surprised. That he was, I was like, hey, you know, this is a good opportunity to get Elijah Mitchell back in there. But and he actually looked good today. You know, they, this they was- did show his his yearly stats, and Elijah Mitchell's yards per carry are, are struggling a little bit there. So it'd be nice but to he, see him break one. Just he just seems like he's not, he's kind of under lock and key. He just needs to get loose on one. But today, unlike to me the rest of the season, he looked like he had some juice today. The other day, the, you know, just the rest of the season to me, he's looked slow. Um, but today he looked like he has some bounce to him. Um, and that it, it would be good to see, but according to Kyle, he is entrenched as the number two, the, those other dudes, you know, he point blank said, you know, somebody was at, you know, Grant Cone was trolling, <laughs> asking him, you know, what does, um, you know, what does um, JP have to do to get more touches? And apparently he has a high per yards yeah. per carry average. And he was like, you know, be better than the number two. If that's what if he wants to if he wants to get more reps he needs to be better than the number. JP two. actually got a touch today because they did the the high kick and he was one of the up guys and he mm-hmm. got to return he got to return one today. Yeah, so it's it it's going to be interesting as we as we move down the stretches. It's good to see you know Elijah Mitchell you know because for a while there there weren't none of the backs were getting any touches. It was all Christian and Debo. So. Um, I th- and I think that's something that we need to rectify. We need to, we're not going to be able to just, um, and maybe it'll just, maybe this, the answer will be the Debo will get more touches. And, and if you, ha- if you have a nitpick on the offense, I think there are only four guys who had catches today. Yeah. Jennings had zero. Uh, juice check had none. Uh, Let's not even talk about a fourth wide receiver. The, 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 you know, all all 24, 25 targets, 
24 of them were IU, Kittle, Samuel, and McCaffrey. Jennings yeah. got one target. So, and you know, I and again, if you're going if you're going to Nip if it's going <laughs> to if it's going to be top heavy like that, I yeah. guess that's um, you know, those those are our four best players, but yep. at a certain point, like you say, that's a nitpick. You would like to, you know, I don't it I would love to be a fly on the wall and know what happened, what's going on with Danny Gray? I don't, I mean, it would be interesting to hear, you know, you know, where Roddy Bell is. I, you know, where are the Ray Ray? Why, you know, it, it was, we were supposed to have options, but, you know, it looks like, <coughs> excuse me, um, Kyle is, you know, he's just going to lean on his horses, I guess. All right, so Niners play again on Thanksgiving. What do you want to do? Are you going to be home? What? what I am playing? down. My 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 brother's in town, but we're going to be here. So I'm all right. I'm going to be at the house. So um, if you want to, if I I don't know what your situation is, but I'll be. It, it won't be anything for me to slide away for an hour to yeah um talk with you guys. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll figure out if we go right after the game or maybe we go a little bit later, like we did mm-hmm. tonight. The, uh, what time uh, is what time is kick? Five twenty. Okay, so we will then eaten by then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's not like yeah, we'll be maybe we'll be um going for seconds. By the yeah, time. we 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 eat early. We we eat at like two o'clock. So yeah, that uh, yeah, because you know you would be I'd be roaming roaming around and looking <laughs> for uh, <laughs> looking looking picking that stuff. So yeah, we do too. We you know I I think that our go time is going to be so it'll be even before the game then yeah what, yeah, that's what, cool. what what is the what is the fave dish you know for me man i am so protein heavy most of the time my yeah. is you know so i my first plate is usually all sides <laughs> so yeah. some mashed potatoes oh, some yeah. stuffing some um mac and cheese and then i might throw a little turkey some kind of turkey on there but yeah i it for me it's um it's a day to you know with no carb restrictions i yeah. can just i can have all the carbs i want um so yeah how about you no for, yeah for my, so my mom when we were growing up my mom uh is japanese so we wouldn't mm-hmm. even have mashed potatoes we just have white <clears throat> rice and you just throw the gravy on the white rice Oh, nice. And and so she's not, you know, she's lives in Arizona now. So I try and replicate some of that stuff. I'll probably have a, a pot of, of rice, but we're going to have mashed potatoes and, and, and stuff like the The thing that I miss because it's something that my mom, one, one, one time, I think I told my mom, I was like, we need some yams. And okay. so she would make the candied yams and mm-hmm. like it just happened and it became a big thing. And the, I missed the candied yams. I think I was like, I was watching Martin or something. And, and mm-hmm. for, for Martin's Thanksgiving, they mm-hmm. had some yams and I was like, Oh, we need some yams. Oh, and it was, yeah. my mom just oh, kept, yeah. would just make it for, you know, for mm-hmm. every time after, mm-hmm. but it, yeah, it's like that stuff, the side stuff that you don't ever get to have, you know, the other 364 days of the year. Yeah. So, What's the um division of labor in your house? Do you cook or do your wife cook or do you both so, cook? So we actually are hosting, but we are we ordered all of it. We're not yeah. we're not cooking at all. That's what's so. up. That's yeah. what's up. That's that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. My mom 
bless her rest her soul she used to she would cook for two and a half days yeah i'm um, trying to make it all happen uh, so yeah i get that you know if my, you my can, mom would be up at 5 a.m and just cooking the whole like seven straight hours oh for until yeah. two o'clock yeah yeah but. so that yeah so that it, you know the fact that where, where do you order from if you don't mind me asking. Uh, so this year we ordered from Urban Plate. So we're going to try them out. Okay. And uh, see how that works. I think last year we ordered from Whole Foods or something. And mm-hmm. it was fine, but it was just very plain Jane. And I was like, let's spruce, let's find something that might spruce <laughs> exactly. it up a little bit. There you go. Yeah. So that's what's up. But I mean, maybe, maybe next year we'll, we'll find something else. I would love to. Oh, so. You, you you'll like this uh last friday so not 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 two days ago but the f- previous friday i was in oakland and uh we went to uh the barbecue spot uh ian jay's Everton jones yes. oh my gosh so i was like if they said they were gonna have like you could order thanksgiving stuff there like mm-hmm. that would be the place to yeah. order it from and yeah. then bring it like that 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 would yeah. be like the best place possible. Yeah, I love Everin Jones. That yeah. yeah, so that's um that used to be um back in the day, back in the, the old old days. I'm talking about like Bill King Memorial <laughs> days. That my that's where we would go and have dinner before we would go uh-huh. um to the Coliseum. Um and watch the Warriors get beat most of the thing. You know, back yeah. in you know back in the you know the late eighties and early nineties, it was there was a lot of losing. Oh yeah, <laughs> that, that went on. But we would um, but you know tickets were cheap. You could go and you could like sit on the floor for not much money. So yeah. it was it was really cool. Um, kind of way different than now. I I I don't know if I you know we went and we met up for that. Um, the Santa Cruz game, the yeah. Santa Cruz game. I don't know. I'll ever go to a Warriors <laughs> game and chase. I was trying to go see Wimby, and it was like one hundred and fifty dollars just to get in. Yeah, Man, I just you know, I I can't. I just can't justify spending. It's it's a lot of money. That kind of money. I just you know, yeah. I I, I probably could make it happen, but I'm just not gonna. <laughs> so yeah. Well, I, I we're supposed to break. But it was um I, I I like to get some insight into you know what you got going on and yeah that was it's good to hear I'll be interested to hear how the urban plate works out yeah and, well, we'll, and, we'll have to talk about our spreads a little bit on uh, on Thursday oh yeah well and we're gonna we we will we will talk on Thursday definitely and those who listen um those of you you can't you know have a happy Thanksgiving and um um we I. I just I don't ever get to say it, but I appreciate you guys, you know, listening to us talk about the Niners. Yeah, we got we got a good crew. I, I like our crew. A lot of fun. This is uh, this is good stuff. And hey, seven and three can't you know that you can complain about a few things, but they're good football teams. So we're we're here in the stretch. We got seven games left before the playoffs. So we'll be here every week talking about this thing. The NFL season is so long. This is a grind. Yep. Yes, a grind. It is. All right. For Rod, I'm Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Having a versatile, high-quality piece of clothing feels great. But having a whole closet full of favorites feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code S-T-A-P-L-E, 20.